Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a privilege and a pleasure to come before you. And uh, my goodness gracious, folks, things with the economy and the dollar are going from bad to worse. And uh, interestingly enough, we have a sponsor for this show. And uh, let me tell you about Noble Gold very quickly. I've been advertising for Noble Gold for about five years. And I have to tell you that uh, I've been a customer for four And I've been a customer for four years because Noble Gold has my best interest at heart. They can protect retirement with a conversion to a a gold-backed IRA or 401k. Qualifying effort will get you a uh, five-ounce silver coin just for a gift. Say thank you. But also, too, they can protect your assets in your bank account. And you say, well, why would they need to do that? Well, if you have to ask me that, then you don't know about the Dodd-Frank law of 2010 that says uh, the banks can steal your money. They declare you to be an unsecured creditor when you put your money or retirement associated with the bank and they can take it from you they mostly they'll devalue it i think but do you want to take that risk seriously noble gold can get you out of all of this mess and protect your nest egg and if you care about protecting your nest egg let us send you some literature and you say well what would you send it's electronic just go to davehodgesgold.com DaveHodgesGold.com, and we will send you from Noble Gold uh, information prospectus that tells you what they do, how it works in layman's terms, and then you can call the number that's on the package. And you say, well, that sounds pretty easy. Well, yeah, but I don't think you got a lot of time because as you're going to hear on today's show, the French are calling for Europe to basically ditch the dollar. Yeah, that adds to all the other countries that are doing the same thing. So I would move quickly. Now, I have to give you this disclaimer from the federal government that uh, they uh, tell us that we have to say that investments are inherently risky and that past performance can be not indicative of future performance and that would apply to noble gold or any other kind of investment and i agree with issuing the warning but i just want to say one thing to you i've been a customer for four years and we're going to do a couple of adjustments over the next couple of weeks uh, in the hodges household so obviously i give them our highest endorsement and speaking of noble gold guess what we have their CEO on, Colin Plume, and we're going to talk about the dollar under attack and what role gold is going to play in the coming future economy. Colin, thanks for joining us, my friend. I don't think your appearance could be any more timely. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, a lot, a lot obviously. Ha- I mean, we've had um, <clears throat> a number of countries looking to uh, move away from the dollar, ditch the dollar, and, and uh, the BRIC nations 
have been i mean they've been trying you, you and i have talked about it for many years they've been they've been trying to move away from the dollar uh but we see uh more momentum happening it seems to be becoming more serious uh, and then obviously what happened with the, with the French president this morning, um, you know, quite shocking to, to hear that news because, you know, you would think, uh, you know, France is more of an ally in, in, in a number of different ways, but obviously they, uh, they believe that the dollar is, uh, is running into some trouble. You know, Colin, at one time I was thinking to myself, okay, the BRICS, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and friends, including Saudi Arabia. Uh, A lot of those nations, including Mexico, they're moving away from the dollar. India is moving away from the dollar, and they've taken 18 nations with them. And I thought, okay, well, at least we have Europe. And now that's under threat. Uh, You know, the only one that's really left now that I'm not too worried about is Canada. Right, right. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it, it's 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 interesting. I think that uh, when you look at the reasoning behind uh, why all these countries are moving away from it, is it's probably multiple layers. Uh, obviously, our heavy inflation is is a factor, right? I mean, it has to be a factor if you're a a country that is. Uh, heavily laden in U.S. treasuries uh, or U.S. debt, um, you're disappointed in, in what's going on because you're, you're, the debt that you bought or the debt that you bought years ago is worth you know next to nothing, right? In, in terms of you know what we're seeing in, in usually countries that look at the strength, you know, because all central banks have to have stable assets. Is you have a situation where a lot of these countries are, are too heavy in, in U.S. Uh, investments, and so they're disappointed in the return. Uh, so that's affecting them. Obviously, it's affecting their their bottom line, and that's a big part of this. Similar to what we saw with the banks, the, you know, a few of these banks they were too heavy uh, in U.S. Treasuries at very low returns, with inflation at seven eight percent, and bond the bond market moving significantly higher, you know, four five six percent. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, the value of money uh, for central banks, because you have to ask yourself, like, what's what's really the driver of this? Like, it's a it's a monumental move to move away from a currency. And so you have to think that there's there's it's going to take time. They have to have a strategy in place. And then the other thing. The new currency has to, in theory, do better, right? I mean, that, that you don't want to go to a currency that's going to do worse. And and the euro, uh, in a lot of estimations, was a big flop, uh, which is one of the biggest currencies that came about. Obviously, it's been you know 20 years now since since the euro came about, but uh, no, maybe it hasn't been 20 years. Maybe like more like 15 years. So I, you know, I think that there's it's not a simple move, but it seems like there's a lot of momentum happening. And then obviously, um, there's a bill in Texas. Uh, also, where they want to have uh, a digital currency that's backed by gold uh, in the depository of Texas. So there's a lot of different things happening, uh, a lot of different countries, states uh, that are looking to divest and move away from uh, from the U.S. dollar at this point. That is just incredible to me that this, this is even happening. I um I, you know, I'm almost I'm, I'm I'm at a loss for words, and I'll tell you why. The U.S. when Reagan uh, was here re- reached a pinnacle of power. We declined. 
Trump comes in, we reestablish dominance in many different ways. And these last two years plus with Biden have been the dismantling of the United States. And uh, I'm reading today that uh, Jamie Dixon is predicting that gold is going to reach $2,100 an ounce. Do you think that's related to the problems we're discussing? Well, it's 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 been flirting with 2000, right? That's the number it hit, um, you know, it hit during the pandemic, uh, October of 2020. Uh, and then it pulled back uh, for a few years. And, and now we're hovering just under, I think we're at 1990 today. So it's been flirting around 2000 for a while and, and you know, trying to create a new floor, in my opinion, uh, of that 2000 number. Um, so I think 2100 is is absolutely conservative in terms of pricing. I think they're they're setting their numbers low because I, I think it'll blow through to probably 22 or 2300 at some point this year, and then maybe it pulls back uh, to 2100. But ultimately, what what we're seeing is that um, you know all of these the world right now is is testing the waters, and I think a lot of it has to do with what happened this revolution that started in 2008 and the whole crypto revolution really set a different mindset of the world that we don't have to be tied so much to certain currencies and this idea of having currencies that are more um, independent and and have some more uh, some advantages for everyday people because you and I talk about this a lot Dave is that you know uh, savers and, you know, the thing that people did 40, 50, 60 years ago where they put money in the bank, they'd save for retirement, that mentality, that person today doesn't have any advantages, unfortunately. They have, they have so many disadvantages. So the idea that all of these countries, the BRIC nations, Texas, they're all trying to get either get a piece of the pie is one way to look at it, or they're all trying to change the dynamic of being tied to the U.S. currency um, it is really a, a new mindset of, of the world because it, by the BRIC nations, let's say they create this new currency, they can trade, they can have some fluidity within themselves, and they don't always have to move money back into the dollar. That gives them a significant advantage because if, if they're always moving back to the dollar and we stay at 8 or 9% inflation, um, that's a big disadvantage for them. Now, let's talk about what could fix this problem, Dave. If we could get our economy running again, I believe a lot of this talk sort of goes away. I, I think that if they lower interest rates, and I know they say it, 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 inflation, they can't do it, but I think at this point it's it's desperate times. I think if they need to lower interest rates, they need to get the U.S. economy cooking again. And in my opinion, once that happens, I think the cost of goods would actually go down. Now, I'm not saying go back to you know home mortgages at 2.5%. But I think they need to generate businesses again where they're not so afraid to hire, they're not so afraid to build infrastructure, they're not so afraid to grow, and I think a lot of this talk kind of goes away. I think a lot of it goes away. I think a lot of it's just, it's they're all, everyone's reacting to this heavy inflation, they're reacting to, you know, people getting very conservative out there. The stock market's obviously not doing well. The real estate market's not doing You have all these massive markets not doing well. So I think we need to kind of regenerate, get get this economy, this big this big engine moving again. And in my opinion, some of this talk goes away. Now, I don't know if they're going to do that, you know, because the Fed has made it clear if they're not at, you know, their job is to get it to 2% inflation 
And until they do that, they're going to keep interest rates high. But I think in today's day and age, that 2% number is is unrealistic. And I don't, I don't think we're getting back there anytime soon. Well, I don't know if we can get back there at all. I have a little more fatalistic view. Uh, let, let me give you a couple things to respond to in that regard. First of all, 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And some economists say that's a low-end estimate. But that's what the polls tell us, 60%. And then you've got a situation where we have $32 trillion in debt. And the only backing we have is for people to use the dollar in trade, uh, particularly with the petrodollar. And that seems to be almost going towards extinction. And, and uh, my fear is this is that the Weimar Republic will repeat in the United States if uh, the dollar is totally ditched because we have no backing and we'll hyper right. we'll hyperinflate. I mean, am I being catastrophic? No, I agree with you. And, and I think that's why the Fed's been sort of nervous about not lowering rates. But I do think that there is a bigger picture thing that we have to think about is that I think a gr- our growing economy, our growing GDP sort of trumps all. And um, and so a lot of things, important things are going to happen. And I've, I've been saying it. I, I think at the end of this year, they're going to they're going to lower interest rates no matter what, because I think the elections are coming. And, you know, I think they're going to try to move some things around, because obviously, if certain people want, you know, a certain president to stay in, they're not going to be able to keep it with with, you know, the way this economy is. So I, I think they shift anyway. But. I, I do think that if we don't fix our problems right now and we lose currency, if we lose currency power, and, and that's what it looks like we're doing right now, Dave, we're losing currency power in the world, that will trigger that we're not you know, the number one economy anymore. And you're right, it could, it, we could go into a hyperinflationary period. Um, and, and we saw it start to happen during COVID. We saw some blockchain issues, but we haven't seen inflation like 14 15 percent uh at least reported in this country yet and and that would really put everything to a standstill because there's no way no way real estate's coming back in that situation the no way the stock market's coming back for years i mean it would really we would be really depleted um in that situation and then let's just talk about unemployment if we go to higher uh inflation you know, employers aren't going to be willing to hire. They're, they're just not going to be in a position to do it. Their cost of the goods that they need to manufacture, that they need to ship out, is going to go up dramatically, and they're just not going to be able to to afford to add more uh, more staff. And so, it's we're we're in a, a predicament here, Dave, in this country, and we need to figure out a solution uh, quick. And it needs to be we need to be focused on being more business friendly, and we need to address these issues with the currency. We can't just uh lay back and and just think that it's going to get fixed because that's how we became the world's reserve currency during the uh, Bretton woods exchange i mean great britain you know they had a lot of problems from uh, world war ii some of it was a hangover from world war one and and they had heavy inflation uh their economy wasn't growing and they 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 lost that status uh in 1944 so we're, you know, in a position now, too, where, where, you know, we could lose that status, too. Now, on the positive side, 
we have time because the brick nation currency is not out there uh the currency that they're talking about in texas is not out there. it's going to take time it's going to take time to to have a currency out there but we need to address these problems uh immediately for us to to turn this economy around well you say we have time and i think on that end of it you're right but um, you've got 14067, Executive Order 14067, bringing in digital currency, central bank digital currency to be exact. And the Fed now starts between May and July. And We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time and a lot of people think that uh, the digital currency will be right on the heels of that that would kind of mm-hmm. wouldn't that just circumvent everything that's going on i mean i think i could send gold i'll exaggerate here to ten thousand dollars an ounce simply because people don't want to be in digital yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that it, it, people and how, how do they create a digital environment with a currency that people can trust? And and how do they just not inflate it like we did with the dollar? I mean, we just are we just creating a whole new problem? Uh-huh. Um, so that's why w- what's happening in Texas is sort of interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see if they continue to move forward. But the idea that you know, they'd have a digital currency, so they don't have to print anything, which they save money on. And then, but that digital currency is backed by ounces of gold. 
that's held in their depository. Um, it, it's it could it could get a little momentum, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if if people start using those currencies uh, uh, locally, especially in Texas, and then we'll see where that takes off if it gets more exciting and people want to use that uh, more for the whole U.S. But it, Texas has always had this independent thinking. Um, I think what they're doing there is really smart. You know, they, they obviously moved a lot of the Bitcoin uh, mining uh, to Texas. They, you know, opened up their arms and said, come here and, and we'll give you a place to do business. And then they have a lot of manufacturing and industrial. And if they, if they have their own currency that starts to take off, uh, it could be a real hub for, for business, for finance. Uh, and so maybe the, the new hub for finance is moving away from the East Coast and and moving down south uh, into Texas there. Interesting. And there's a lot of separatist talk in Texas. I, I I don't really see that happening, but it's beginning to grow. And I think the more that people talk about this, though, the less confidence they have in the dollar. So I worry yeah. about domestic confidence. Let me, let me give you another example. Florida's taking steps that if you look at it just on the face of what they're doing, they're separating from the federal government. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be a separatist South Carolina kind of movement and we're going to see Fort Sumter, but what I'm saying is DeSantis is what I call federalizing the proof against Biden and uh, creating barriers to federal interference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at states like Texas, you look at states like like uh, Florida, and they're, they're creating an environment where people want to live. I mean, the, the, the biggest exodus pretty much all over the country. If you look at where all those U-Haul trucks are going, they're all going to Texas. They're all going to Florida. They're all going to Nevada. Um, they're, they're creating an environment where <clears throat> people that want to want to continue their life in a way where they're, they're growing. They want forward thinking. Um, they're, they're moving into these states. And I think if you, if you see people continue to move in these states and they, you know, they're, they're continually getting revenue there, they're opening up, like I said, to large corporations. I, I agree with you. And I think like it, it really is coming down to today is that because so many people are working and they don't have to be in a certain place necessarily for work. Now there'll, there'll be a, you know, 10 or 15% of jobs that you have to be somewhere, you know, uh, to do that job, but the rest of the jobs are remote. You know what's going to stop more and more people to continue to move to these places because they they see that there's more opportunity there. They see that there's still, I mean, there's still a lot of affordable places to live in Texas. There's a lot in Florida to live. So that American dream that you and I, you know, have been striving for is still attainable in these places because of what they're doing uh, on the business side, on the finance side. Uh, and then just really just focusing on on creating a strong economy, uh, which is, you know, what I think everybody wants. And I think that's what, you know, like a state like California has really gone against. I mean, I think, you know, you look at economies, you know, it used to be this great economy, in, you know, in California, but they've just created such high tax, such so many regulations. I mean, there's so many different things uh, that are happening out there and really put uh, this state in a position where they're going to lose a lot of talent. And I think that's really that that talent is really moving to these these up and coming states. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, there is going to be a brain drain. You know, the joke, exactly. the joke is California is only going to be left with illegal immigrants. And uh, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions upon them, but we're not getting doctors and lawyers and physicists coming out of Central and South America and, you know, yeah. Haiti and Africa. And do you know, do you know, just kind of an aside for a second, you know, the number one group being apprehended at the border now, Chinese nationals. 
Hmm. I didn't know that. Isn't that interesting? Um, yeah. yeah, that shocked me. That, But I heard this from, I have two Border Patrol sources, and one of them had told me this, and it's in, the, ma- the major thrust is in his sector. And then I'm flying along here, and I'm looking at Fox News like three weeks later, and they said the same thing. And I said, wow. And they're coming across the northern border, too. So I thought that was, that was interesting. Well, go, going back to uh, something totally unrelated to what I thought we were going to talk about, but you triggered a thought in me. Is AI begins to replace jobs? Uh-huh, uh, right. What effect do you think that'll have on the price of the gold? What will it do to the economy in general? Well, I, I think that um, you know AI in general, we're going to have to see a massive shift in in what people are doing. And if you look at some of those lists of the the jobs, I don't know if you've seen some of those lists of the most likely jobs to be affected. But you know, there's some pretty massive sectors like accountants. Uh, bookkeepers, a lot of that stuff will, will, most of it will be done, uh, through technology. Obviously, we're seeing some of the manufacturing jobs move in that direction. Uh, a lot of middle management jobs, which is, uh, you're seeing in the tech area a lot, you know, those, those layoffs have been across the board, but a lot of those positions have been in sort of, uh, higher paying, uh, middle management positions. So a lot of those jobs are sort are sort of going away. You know, I, I think in terms of gold, gold right now, and it's so interesting because people ask me all the time, like, what, how's gold doing? What's going on with gold? If they're not, you know, let's say they have their, their head in the sand and they, they haven't seen the bank crisis and they haven't seen everything that's happening. And I, and I always say it's, it's really gold is, is almost, it, it's in a unique class of its own because, it's going to go up over time just because it has a limited supply and gold has so many more industrial uses than it used to have. But also, it's just like every year, and we've been talking, you know, doing this for six years in a row, every year there's some trigger event that gets people looking at gold again, um, you know, from the bank crisis to COVID. I mean, you can go down the list, heavy inflation. So it seems like now in this economy, because things are changing so rapidly that the stock market right now has not been a great place for the last two years for most people, people are really looking for a different uh, investment. And so I always tell people that when I started in the business almost 14 years ago, it was like a fringe investment almost. Like it was an alternative. No one really talked about it. And now... Um, you know, they talk about it, you know, on Fox Business and see, you know, all these places that never talked about it are talking about it now. So I think that there, there will be a continued push, uh, in the gold and silver sector. Um, you mentioned gold hitting 10,000. I mean, I think, you know, obviously if this, if this movement of the dollar continues, um, the, you know, it could go hyperbolic, uh, in my opinion, because, the 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 goal of uh central banks the goal of funds the goal of endowments at that point those those investors that buy treasury bonds that buy bonds that buy really uh you know conservative investments they won't be able to put their money in those investments during that time period they they won't they won't feel comfortable the 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 markets the bond markets everything will be so uh, volatile that those investors will have to move into something like gold. Maybe maybe they'll move into something like oil or something else too. But they're not going to be able to stay in the traditional markets if the dollar really 
uh, does lose its status as the world's reserve currency. And so I, I do believe that they will move some into gold, um, and, and, and that'll have a really positive effect uh, on the on the metal. Is there a point where nations like China and the big banks who are hoarding gold, is there a point where people aren't going to be able to get it? I mean, I think it's it's always a fear that 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 we could we could run out, and that you know certain countries that have it. Um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't want to sell it, that they would just keep it internally. Um, you know, I, I think the U S in a, in a lot of ways is sort of unique in the world. The U S and India is, is there's not a lot of countries, frankly, and this is sort of surprising. We're actually individuals by gold. The U S is, is, is sort of unique, even though they say less than 3% of Americans actually own physical gold themselves. It, it, it is more here in the U.S. than a lot of other places. A lot of other places, I mean, you go to the U.K., there's nobody there that owns gold. It's literally, it's unless, you know, you have maybe a few billionaires or, or people that are sort of separate. But your day-to-day person, they don't talk about it. They don't think about it. Um, so I, I think we're better positioned as citizens here because we've always had this sort of mindset of being independent. Uh, India too. I mean, India, uh, citizens of India have been buying gold for, you know, obviously centuries. Now they're buying silver. Uh, I think I mentioned last time on your show that there's, they opened up a silver ETF last year and it sold, uh, unbelievably sold over many times over because the people there really understand the value of these, of these, um, you know, precious metals. But we we are better at, as citizens. We are better prepared, and, and obviously, with this bank crisis, what a lot of people did is they called us and that we shipped gold to them, and they just said, you know, I don't want the money in the bank. And then, you know, a few years down the road, um, you know, if they need the money for whatever, they'll sell it back to us, or they'll sell it anywhere they want, or they'll move somewhere else and and sell the gold, and it'll have value uh, anywhere in the world because we sell bullion coins and bars. So a lot of people just said, I'm getting out of the, I'm getting out of the banks, some of my money out of the banks, and I'm going to divest into gold and just be safe, so I don't have to worry about it, uh, so I don't have to be concerned that um, I'm trusting an entity like this, one of these banks, to to uh, to do the right thing or keep my money. So we had we saw a tremendous uptick in, in just you know direct investment sales where people are just getting gold delivered to uh, to their doorstep. Yeah, that that's a really good argument there. I, I I agree with that. Let me shift uh, over to the volatile topic, and I know not, neither one of us have a crystal ball, but you've got bonds going down and down and down, and we know a lot of the banks have cat, uh, made their fortune on bonds, and they're getting killed by this. Um, and then other banks, another category like SVB, but they're not alone, have gone totally woke and ignored their customers' uh, uh, wishes and welfare. They're, they're not acting in a fiduciary interest in the case of SVB and Signature Bank. Um, I worry about the banks coming down as a whole, a catastrophic collapse due to a variety of factors. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's why I have you on to tell me what do you think. I mean, I, from a, a business point of view, for someone that you know talks to people with money in banks, or someone that has friends that have people with money in banks, you know, I think everybody this this recent all these recent closures and this what's been happening in the banks and this you know the two hundred fifty thousand dollar number and how do we stay below that two hundred fifty thousand? And and I think you're right. 
uh, in a way, the government um, saying that that the, the people at this one bank were protected, in a, and in some ways it was a bad thing. And I know this is sort of controversial, but where what, what banks would they protect if we saw you know two or three of the top five or six banks go down? Like how we don't have enough. We only have 110 to 130 billion in reserves uh, to to protect in any situation. We don't have enough to really protect if a number of these banks uh, go down. So I, I think people are looking at different ways to to hold, you know, excess money that they need for later on. And and the hard part now, Dave, and you and you, you know, if you look at, let's just look at the traditional landscape. So you have. The stock market's been pretty bad for the last two years. Uh, gold, silver's been good. You know, we've had a nice, nice big run, nice big uptick. You know, gold's in two thousand, silver's in the you know twenty three, twenty four dollar range. So we've been doing pretty good, holding steady. Uh, bonds. If you get into bonds right now, certain bonds that you're probably making a better return than you've made in in you know twenty five years. But but a lot of people had bonds that they bought two three years ago, and so they're just. You know, so if you bought bonds two, three years ago at one and a half percent, and then you're buying a bond today at four and a half percent, your real return is probably around three. So that's not the best. You're not super excited about that. Uh, real estate's struggling, and 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 even though long term, I, I do think it'll come back. Um, the the inherent costs day to day right now are very high. Whether you are buying apartment buildings or you're buying office or you buy whatever it is, not only are we having vacancy issues but you're also having just the cost to rebuild is skyrocketed so your day-to-day when you put your pro forma together and say okay i'm going to buy this this building here and this is my projected cost like all you could throw all those out the window because the cost of everything have gone up so you look at your kind of four big asset classes mm-hmm. and you just say to yourself like what's what's going to be good for the next four or five years what's going to be safe and it's it's really hard to gauge what's going to be safe and that's why you're seeing all these fringe things come up you're seeing you know besides crypto but you're seeing i don't know if you've heard this but there's they're going to the common sense show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow for example they've got half off my pillow bed sheets more than half off their slippers their sandals their mattresses their topper covers women's lingerie now, they have extremely great products as you all know Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Auction off Michael Jordan. Some guy got Michael Jordan's shoe that he won in every NBA championship game. So there's six shoes. He got one shoe that he wore. Okay, so there's six shoes, just one shoe. So it's six of, of one side. And they think this shoe collection is going to sell for a hundred million dollars, right? Oh no, you got to be kidding! Right? Yeah, for shoes, for six shoes. Um, what is that per shoe? Whatever that. Someone will do the math on that. But anyways, like this is where the world is going to is that you know these shoe collections are a big deal because, and and I think a lot of it has to do with that. Just yeah, you have people that have obscene money, but there's probably someone that goes, is that hundred million safer? Than putting it in the stock market is it safer than some of the other things that I could could it potentially double in twenty years? Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know the shoe business. And you know, obviously Michael Jordan's alive, and you know, God forbid something happens to him, that thing probably goes up a lot, and somebody pays a fortune for it. But this is the world we're living in. That 
people are looking for these other investments because they just can't, they just don't feel comfortable with the stuff that we used to buy for all these years. And I think that's, that's Dave, that's the real issue today is like just people don't know where to put their money. You know, that um, bingo, you just hit the nail on the head why someone would pay that much money for a tennis shoe. And by the way, don't feel sorry shoe. for yeah. for Michael Jordan. He's looking to dump his uh, NBA franchise and uh, he's going to get hundreds. Uh, what, what is he going to get? Probably uh, one, 1. 1.8 billion. They say somewhere in the uh, close to 2 billion. 2 billion, yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's interesting that someone that's a lifer that made. I mean, he didn't actually make make his fortune in the NBA. He made it from Nike and commercials. But, but someone like him, that really money's not an issue. That he's even thinking of selling. That he even thinks that the NBA is not a good place to be, and he's going to cash out. Because I mean, what's what's nothing's going to make a difference in his life. He just knows that that product is is just it's gone to the wayside, and no one's interested. And and the NBA is just not the product that it used to be. And so even him selling is sort of it's sort of telling of, of what's happening out there uh, in the economy. Well, the domestic side of the NBA is down slightly, but when you add in the huge Chinese market, it's it's uh, it's greatly increased. And LeBron James is the biggest beneficiary. I know I've researched this and I wrote about it, but but I think there's a bigger message here. The fact that we're seeing so much turnover in professional franchises now, like the NBA and the NFL, we're seeing more than we usually see. I mean, you could go years without a franchise changing hands, and that's not what's happening now. And what I'm wondering, is this a vote against the economic health of the country where discretionary income, people's ability to buy ancillary things like uh, team T-shirts and stuff like that? Is this a a vote against the health of the economy that these owners want to sell? I, I think it, I think it's a, a combination of that. I think it's a combination of a product where the the salaries have gotten so high that it's they have to put so many seats, get so many people in the stands, plus the TV rights. It's sort of just become uh, an unattainable profitability. And you know, when uh, Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers, uh, not to dive into sports stuff too much, but when he bought the Clippers for two billion, I believe, um, a few years back, their their actual net revenue reported was like 110 million. Now, nobody in their right mind it, it would do that math in any business, like. To, if you're making 110 million, you, you, that franchise should be worth maximum 500 million, 600 million, 700 million. But to pay two billion for something that makes, you know, to, to do that math, I mean, you're basically, you know, you're looking at like a, you know, four percent return or whatever that is, five percent return. Um, so it's 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 interesting that you're seeing this movement of wealth where you're having these, you know, really elite, you know, tech billionaires buying in because you know it's just fun for them and they they don't care about money and then you have you know sort of savvy business people getting out and moving away because you know michael jordan might just he might just see see the writing on the wall that like this is the people aren't going to be able to afford to spend you know 250 dollars on a ticket plus a 20 dollar hot dog and a pizza i mean this discretionary income that we've sort of built a lot of these sports franchises on, I think is, is going to, it's going to get much more difficult in the next coming years. I think things are getting more expensive. It's going to get more difficult. And, uh, and, and I think it's a sign of the times, Dave, I really do. Well, I, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's symptomatic of what we're going through and what's anticipated that we're going to go through. And, and I think it's, well, let me put it to you this way. If you look at the Washington NFL franchise, there are rich people bidding 
for these fran- this franchise now. It's like yeah. four different bidders out there right now, and they'll make a bid, and, and the owner's just hanging on to it because the longer he waits, the more the money goes up. Yeah, yeah, he should just wait. He should just stick around for for a long time. I know Bezos is, has been trying to get get uh, get involved there too, but you know, ultimately, I think you know, Dave. One thing we we have to just kind of to tie it all back in is is it's really important right now that people are taking in this information yeah. that they're looking at their options that they're you know really keeping their accounts keeping an eye on their accounts and and i think with what happened with the banks it probably it's going to hopefully scare some people into doing some some good things with their finances because there's a lot of people that probably had it, their money in a bank for a long time and they were making um you know half a percent or or whatever now that but there's accounts there's banks out there that'll offer four percent so I think hopefully what it does is it jars people into going, hey, you know what? Even though I'm not going to touch this money for a long time, I got to try to get a decent return because things are going to get more expensive. And if you're not making a good return, you know, some of the money you're going to put in safe places, but even just keeping an eye and being smart and, and, and looking at what's happening out there is going to be really important for everybody's future. Because I can tell you this, the cost of healthcare is not getting any cheaper. The cost of living is not getting any cheaper. Social security is is definitely a question mark. I don't I don't care what anybody says. I think there's we're definitely in a position where, you know, fifteen, twenty years if not sooner that you know, maybe it doesn't go away, but maybe they reduce the amount that they pay. They've already extended the age on social security once. Maybe they go, you know, five or six years later. Um, so I think that really people need to be conscious of what's happening with money. Be conscious of it because it's not how it once was. You can't rely on your 401ks. You got to look at some of the options out there. And and I think we've talked about a lot. And I think hopefully people are, are opening their eyes that we're in a brand new economy. Uh, and, and I and I think you know gold and silver are going to play a big part in it. And and even you know we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I I, I like where platinum's sitting. It's had some good movement this year. I think platinum. A lot of people think platinum is going to hit twelve, thirteen hundred this year. So I think there's some things that people need to be looking at, and and they need to change their their mindset because you can't just be a worker. You gotta you gotta look at your money nowadays. You gotta you get, unfortunately you gotta wear a lot of hats. You gotta bring in money. You gotta you gotta put money to work. You gotta be an investor. You know, in today's world, you gotta wear a lot of hats. You can't trust can't trust what the government's going to do can't trust a financial advisor you, you got it you got to keep your you got to keep your options open. see i've been saying that too gold is the baseline and uh of all the volatility that's out there you know i was going to suggest something too when we were talking about the washington football franchise how long is it going to be until someone shows up with a pot of gold and says no, i'm not going to give you cash that's worthless i'll give you gold yeah. but it'll be 50 percent less than what you're being offered because this will hold its value unlike the money you're taking I mean, that's why a lot of states take gold for tax. You know, Utah and other, you know, they obviously think about it, uh, Utah, for instance. They've had this law in place for at least five years. All the money that they've, all the tax payments, all the fines that they've received in gold over the last five years, when, when gold was sitting in the 1400 range, now they're in the 2000s. I mean, they're, they're absolutely winning. They're absolutely winning with that exchange for them. So I, I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, there are, I mean, listen, there's some billionaires that could buy that franchise. John Paulson, you know, you, you could go down the list. There's some billionaires out there that could absolutely buy a franchise with gold. Um, and I think it could be an interesting next step to see, you know, how that would work. Uh, it's pretty simple. I mean, you, you could just decide on how many, how many ounces and 
you know, that's it. You just transfer it over however you want to do it. Uh, you know, a few billion dollars in gold would, would be a surprisingly large amount, but uh, probably for some people a surprisingly small amount if, if you really look at it just because gold's at 2000 now. And so uh, as it continues to go up, the, the weight of that's going to drop and, and uh, you know, someone's going to be in a great position. So well, we are in... We are in an interesting time. Well, I have another question along those lines here, because there's historical precedent for what I'm going to ask you. Um, if the government is going to bring in CBDC and they seem to be determined to do it, that's a that's a money system that doesn't really tolerate any competition. And so, what I'm wondering, do you think that precious metals could be outlawed for personal uh, ownership? Could they outlaw precious metals for personal ownership? I, you know, listen, I think that they could always try to do it, but we, you know, we were fooled in the, in the 20s, in the 1920s when they, you know, they told us we had to turn our gold in and then they just, they changed the price of gold up by 30%, you know, went from 20 to the low 30s. So we were fooled back then. I don't think we're going to be fooled again. I don't, I don't think people are going to tolerate that because I, I think that the, the knowledge is there. I think that people, the, 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 the trust in the government, the trust in our currency, um, it, it's already been lost. So I, I don't think people are going to just willingly uh, turn their gold in like they did back then. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I mean, I can tell you this, our clients, <laughs> they're not doing that. <laughs> they're not turning their gold. Well, no, what I, what I said to someone the other day, this, an economist brought this up to me in a pre-air discussion, and I said, if they do that, I'm going to buy the Texas flag, come and take it, because I ain't giving up my gold, I ain't giving up my yeah. silver, to hell with you, I'm not going to follow that law, and I think you're yeah. absolutely right. But here's a question a lot of people ask me, and I think this goes right to the heart of the service you provide. Um Let's say that people do decide cash is a loser, cash is going to go away, or certainly it's going to be so devalued it's not worth having. So people are going to want to have liquidity and portability with gold and silver. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see people walking into Walmart and making gold back purchases. Um, well, I mean, I... You could. I mean, it, it's not that hard to. Uh, I, I was provoking you to, with that question on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I think you know we do. That is a question we get a lot too, Dave. And, and so there's all different sizes of gold. Uh, there's a there's a bar we sell a lot of. It's called a Valcambi bar, which they have fifty and hundred gram gold bars that can be broken off into one gram. So there's ways, and then obviously silver. Listen, there, well, there's a will, there's a way. People will figure out a way to trade with gold and silver because I guarantee you Walmart will want it if we get into that situation. Yeah. Do, do you Are you operating on the notion, though, that central, uh, uh, central bank digital currency is just a matter of time? It seems likely. Yeah, it does seem likely. It, it, it's, it's a very strange strategy for the U.S. government to bring in another currency unless they believe the dollar is failing because you, why would you bring in something to compete with your currency it doesn't make sense well you know, you're being nice China, because i say biden plans to destroy his administration is destroying our currency yeah i, I the, the only reason to bring in a competing currency is you're you've you've you're done with the old one um and and it, it's it's a strange strategy I, I don't think it's an effective one 
Um, I think we have to do what's necessary to make the dollar strong again, uh, whatever way. And I, you know, I threw out some ideas earlier in this, but um, I, I don't think bringing in this new currency is going to do anything but just destroy the value of, of the dollar. Yeah, portability is going to be an important consideration for customers moving into precious metals. And how do I know? Because whenever I do something about gold and our failing banks, um, those those are the comments I get. Um, and uh, uh, and then people make this ridiculous statement too, and I'll even answer this question for you. Oh, you can't eat gold. Well, you know what? Do you want to trade and barter the rest of your life? I mean, that's what you're really reducing yourself to if you if you think in that fashion. Yeah. Well, it's like people that buy alcohol to trade and barter. It's not like you're going to drink the whole bottle of alcohol too. I mean, you know, there, there's. By the way, you can't eat gold. I don't recommend it, <laughs> but you can't you can eat gold. There has been, and if people Google it now, there's a lot of high-end steakhouses right now, and they'll charge your premium. They'll throw some 24-karat gold on top of your steak, so you can eat it. But uh, I, I think the, the really what we're looking at, Dave, is, is you know the idea of, of awakening, right? The idea of, of seeing what's out there. And, and and just being realistic. I think you're very realistic when you talk to people is, is you look at kind of both sides and, and you, you try to present, you know, here's a good way to look at things. But today, in today's 2023, um, we have to realize that we're not going back to the way it was. No. You know, the, the world is upset with us. The world is frustrated with us, with what we've done with our currency. And we're, we're, in, a, we're in a really... Uh, big predicament right now and and you know uh, time will always will only tell what's going to happen uh, so with, with our currency yeah what i uh, i'll just speak for myself personally dave hodges in the common sense show i want to lead an exodus away from the dollar and people say well you'll collapse it i said well, it's going to happen anyway so leave on your yeah. terms and 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 i've been very bullish on on uh, gold and silver and obviously because we have a working relationship i've been very bullish on noble gold so let's let's talk about when people inquire what's the normal course of interaction because i get this question a lot too from people because here's what i do you know i tell them go to davehodgesgold.com like i did the live read at the top of the show and people say well what will happen when i call in can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so you're going to get, uh, they're going to put you in touch with uh, uh, one of our representatives. One of the representatives you're going to be in touch with is going to know a lot about gold and silver, platinum, palladium, um, and they're just going to let you ask a lot of questions about the process. They're going to ask, you can ask some questions about the product, you can ask about pricing, uh, you can ask about anything really, uh, ask about our reviews. Um, so it's it's really a conversation is is what uh, how the process works. Uh, if you're doing an IRA, there, there's you know some simple forms we have on the website, and then we have an IRA team that will work with your representative to help you move the funds over from wherever you have them. So that you know obviously there's a few people involved. If you're just buying it directly, you're going to talk to that sales representative, and they're going to walk you through the process of how to buy gold and silver, where to ship it. You know, all these great things, you know, if you want it stored or shipped or whatever you decide. Uh, but really, it's a conversation um, and getting to know each other and, and to learn about the company and and then to learn really about what we do and the products. And and that's that's pretty much it. It's not going to be uh, painful. It's it's it could be as long as short as you want it to be. 
Um, but I, I do think the informational guys will tell you a lot if you do want to go that route. But I feel as though if you just call, mention Dave Hodges, you'll you'll get a lot of the questions you may have right away answered. Um, and then ultimately, you know, we have people that call us and then they don't do anything for a few years. And then we have people that do it quicker. Or, you know, everybody's got a different timetable for investments. And I think that's you know, that's good. I no, I, no, I agree. I, I, I want to just clarify, though. Okay, people, we didn't give out the number, and you can also call Noble Gold and mention me. So uh, to say you heard it here on the Common Sense Show with Dave Hodges, and that number yep. is 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Or you can get uh, no-obligation information packet sent to you electronically by simply going to DaveHodgesGold.com. And people aren't going to pester you. They're not going to be calling you while you're eating dinner. Um, you just look at it and just say, okay, I like kind of what I see here. I have some questions. And then that's when you call the number that's on the packet and uh yeah. it's and, and colin i say this every time we talk i remember the first time i closed a deal with noble gold i literally had to close the deal i mean right. there was absolutely no pressure i had to close my yeah. is there anything else yeah. mr hodges well yeah i'd like to yeah. get some gold and silver now okay okay <laughs> all right uh yeah okay well, we'll set that up for you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, our team is busy, right? We're busy, and we, we want to work with people that want to do it. and But we also want people to do it when they have, have answered all their questions and they feel good about it. And so we're not – everyone's going to be uh, in a mode of just having a conversation with you. And that's I feel that's the best way to, to, to have a company and to have this kind of relationship and, and to do this for the long yeah. term. Um, and, I, and that's what we're in this for. And, and you know, I'm 45, and – you know, I want to do this for the next 20 years and at least, and maybe I give this to my kids or, you know, who knows, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm in this for the long term, yes. And so I want people to feel good about it when they, when they make a purchase with us. And then, you know, obviously all the things shipping and, you know, getting all that stuff and, you know, and we ship as fast as humanly possible to get the metals out to you. And then we send you the tracking number and there's all that process. And, um, and we, we walk you through all that and hold your hand and, and, uh, and, but I think what, when you read the reviews, you'll see people, you know, they like who they talk to, they like the representative and, um, and it, it's going to feel like you're talking to someone that you've, you've known for a long time. You know, I have one more question for you and this is strictly an opinion. So don't worry about being right or wrong because I have my figure. I just wonder what yours is. When we look at the condition of the banks today and you look at the various bank accounts people can have exclusive of retirement. So you have your checkbook, your savings, money market, whatever it is, okay, what percentage do you think people would, if they were wise, they would leave in the bank if they weren't living month to month? Would they leave 10%, 20 50 What do you think a good figure would be? Well, when you mean by bank, I mean, there's there's ways to, you know, you could move it with a, you, you could put some of the money, what a lot of people have been doing, they've been putting money with their, their, uh, their uh stockbroker that's uh has different types of insurance Mm -hmm. yes so i think like if you're just if you're just looking at cash in general like your traditional bank maybe you have a little maybe five percent more than what you would that you need for bills over a few months and then maybe the other five percent i'd put in one of these you know if you're going to keep more if you need more cash i keep it in one of these brokerage accounts because not only the returns are higher uh, but you have, you, you know, you have some protection there too. So I, I, I think that's, you know, that's in today's day and age with everything being so easy to get in and out of, I don't know if you really need much more than that, unless 
you are planning to, uh, you know, buy a business or, or you have some bigger plans and you need to have liquidity, um, I, I think the rest should be put to work. Yeah, that's true. We we did uh, we just visited our banker last week, and we did a lot of what you're talking about here, where you have a middleman secure you a higher rate. So it might be yeah, like five exactly. percent, but you walk away with three point eight percent. And some yeah, of it, some of it's tied three months, six months to where you can touch it. Uh, but then some types of accounts you can have instant liquidity too. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think you want to you want to. Um, you know, stagger those, those types of accounts. So, you know, I think there's different ways to do it, uh, for that money. Cause you know, you do need some money day to day to live. Uh, and then the rest is, is, you know, really, like I said, is really the new mindset of getting it, putting it out there and finding a safe place and then getting a return that you, that you want and a return you need. Um, you know, it's not even what you want, it's what you need, right? I mean, everybody needs a, to make a return on that excess money so that they can get into retirement and, and live, you know, the way that they want to live. And that, you know, and that's, that's, you know, the first part of the American dream is, is to buy the house and, the, you know, the family and the, the white picket fence. But the second part is, is being able to, to have that enjoyable retirement. So it's, you know, being able to do that today is, is trickier than it's ever been. And it's, it does take more, um, more of an active mind uh, to, to get there. Today. Yeah, whenever I talk to economists, I ask them the question I just asked you about banking, and I want you to know your answer came in as fairly conservative. In other words, you're not telling people to make radical moves, but you are saying you should have a few months plus a little extra, and, and then yeah. you can do some other things that are kind of clever with your money that are out there if you go to the right banker. Uh, right. Uh, credit unions or banks to keep your uh, remaining cash in? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I like the, the 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 feeling of a credit union. I like that idea. Um, I, I've gotten loans from credit unions. Some of them are fantastic. They offer some great rates. Um, on one of the businesses I started, I got a I got a loan from a credit union. It worked out really well. Um, so I like that. I've had some, and they seem to have some good flexibility. Um, obviously, there's an argument. Do you want to be with the top, you know, five to eight banks? I I would say you probably have, want to have a little bit of money there. Uh, so you're not, you know, I think that the scary thing is every time there's a banking crisis, you don't want to be, you know, go to the news because, oh, someone tells you another bank and you find out your bank was one of those banks. And, and whether it, it gets corrected or not, just that fear of, of not having access to your capital. Um, so I, I think you got to be spread out in, in today's day and age. I, I don't think there's one uh, right answer for this. Yeah, uh, but what all. you're talking about, though, is a pretty good antidote to what happened to 1929. I don't know if you ever knew this or not. I'm descended through the Ford family and uh, my mm. mom's side, and they were wealthy going into the Depression. My mom was a little girl in the Depression, and they were just flat wiped out. Real estate stock markets where they put the, everything, and they didn't see it coming, and boy, Uncle Henry sure didn't help. And uh, So they yeah. took a bath. They went from riches to rags overnight. And uh. I think what you're talking about here is uh, basically you're saying, if people just take these reasonable precautions spread out, have different aspects going on with your bank, you know, you're not looking at a situation where we're going to lose everything overnight right exactly that's the key is it's really just keep, keep being active with what you're doing and not having all your eggs in one basket which is what i've always sort of talked about and and i know it feels good to have the one banker right to have but i i do think you know having things spread out 
It, because at the end of the day, the ban- that banker, they have a job to do. Their job is to keep your money there. And then they might be the nicest, most, you know, have all good intentions, but they, they don't control. Absolutely. At the end of the day. Yeah. So, so, so I, I'm just saying like, be careful. And, and, you know, we've all heard these horror stories where, you know, people got involved with the wrong one. And, you know, and a lot of times these bankers have access to a lot of things, uh, a lot of accounts. So you just you just want to be you just want to be cautious. Exactly. And just, just realize that, that they could have all the best intentions in the world. But ultimately, you know, they, they don't control the bank, which is the great thing about what we do, Dave, is that like when I ship gold, you know, you're buying gold for me. I ship it to you. Uh, you don't have to worry about me, right? You don't have to worry about no, we, we. You got it. You got the product. Whether it's in the depository, it's held, it's held by a third party. That's a third party. It's insured by Lloyd's. You don't have to worry about Noble Gold. It's you. You are control. Whether it's in your in your home or it's in the deposit, you you own it. It's yours. We don't own anything. We don't have any fractionalized gold at Noble Gold. We don't have any of that. Stuff. <laughs> you don't get to. So you don't get to print nine bars for every bar you get. No. Yeah. no okay. No, All right. Sorry. Bad joke. Well, Colin, we're we're out of time, but I wanted to give out the contact information again. The number to call Noble Gold and and use my name. Let them know that you heard it here on our show, Dave Hodges. Okay, the Common Sense Show. But that uh, number is eight seven seven six four six five three four seven. Or you can have a packet sent to you electronically. No obligation packet. Go to Dave. HodgesGold.com. Colin, always a pleasure to have you on. You're always so filled with great information. Thanks, Dave. Nice to talk to you, too, and and looking forward to talking again in the future. Take care. All right, thanks. We at The Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at TheCommonSenseShow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.